2: And welcome to Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like follow friend request and I'll most likely give you one in return. And what to talk, what else? But wrestling and problems. Uh, this week, we might have a surprising amount of lack of problems. But, you know, the day's still young, so you never know. Uh, there is one sad problem we do have to start with, though, unfortunately. Uh, last week, Road Warrior Animal passed away. <laughs> Uh, many people know him. If you watch exclusively WWE, you would know him from the Legion of Doom. If you've watched NWA, WCW, or other wrestling organization, you'd also know him as the Road Warriors. He was warrior Warrior, actually. You know, most places he, they went by Road Warriors, but you know WWE silly. They have to change people's names for some reason. So he did not necessarily go by Road Warriors as a team. There, he, him and his uh, partner Hulk. Hulk, unfortunately passed away years ago as well. Uh they did add a few other members here and there. Height and team teamed with Animal late towards his last WWE run, I believe. Uh they also threw in uh, Crush <laughs> or somebody somebody's some other point. Oh no 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 puke rather. I'm sorry. Crush was the guy they added to demolition. They added uh puke, Darren Drosdorf to the Royal Warriors for a brief run back towards uh Before uh, pass when they did, they were doing a ridiculous angle. Where actually, I'll say a ridiculous angle where they pretty much the same thing you see them did do with Jeff Hardy and uh, Sheamus. Basically the same angle, only that involved you know somebody falling off (laughs) the Titantron. Uh, I'm not gonna go into too many details. You can you can go back and Google it and probably watch it on WWE Network if you really want to. But yeah. Anyway we're here to talk about uh Road Warrior Animal a little bit so uh i guess i'll uh give a little bit of his bio uh he was actually good friends with Hawk uh they grew up together uh in chicago uh joe lernitus joseph lernitus is actually uh brother Johnny Ace <laughs> uh he was actually the father by the way of uh James Laronitis for former NFL player as well. So, uh, interesting bloodlines he had, uh, the road warrior is a tag team, also known as Legion of doom. If you were in WWE, uh, they were entered into the WWE hall of fame in 2011, along with their manager, uh, Paul Ellery, uh, the wrestling career started around 82 or 83. Uh, Animal was the quote original World Warrior. He used a biker gimmick. Eventually, uh, uh, he wrestled under that name, the Road Warrior. Uh, Paul Ellering Ehr- eventually gave him an idea. He was putting together a stable of heels in Georgia, so uh, it was called the Legion of Doom. So, for you wrestling history books, Legion of Doom was actually named a stable prior to it being the tag team alternative name, sort of a. Uh, the World Warriors. Fun fact, while we're on this subject, uh, Midnight Express was also a stable. We've discussed this a few times on the show before, but I like throwing it in again. Uh, Midnight Express was actually a stable before it was a tag team. <laughs> it actually had a black dude in it. <laughs> so, Neville, you can uh, look up my, uh, I was going to say I'm a good friend. He's not really my good friend. I don't really know the guy. <laughs> but I like uh, bringing up Norville, uh, the black guy from Midnight Express that pretty much never gets talked about ever. But he had an interesting career in, in his own right. As part of Midnight Express and with some other stuff. So uh, actually, come think of it, I think I'll bring that'll be a topic for another show. So, but anyway, uh, back to Road Warrior Animal. Uh, when they put together the Legion of Doom stable in Georgia Championship Wrestling, uh, they ended up going by Animal and Hulk. Those are the names you kind of know them by. Road Warriors being came out, they still had a sort of biker gimmick. Funny enough, Animal City felt like one of the village people. Basically, they shaved their heads they started wearing the study dog clothes they're familiar with. They had the spike shoulder pads and face paint. Kind of, you know, based off the World Warrior uh, movie, they were just sort of, you know, these monster gills, no mercy monsters. And they just, like, gave these killer interviews. It was kind of fun, but kind of like savage at the same time. And it's kind of what you knew the team is if you didn't follow them if you followed them more for NWA, you definitely get that feeling. They were still tough guys in the uh, WWF runs, too. But for some reason, Vince had to make everything crazy and ridiculous. Like, uh, like they pretty much never talk about this anymore. But there was a point when uh, Paul Levin was giving up a trailer with dummy <laughs> during one of the WWF runs. You almost never see them referred to or talk about that again. But anyway uh back to the uh back to the Georgia championship in that era. They eventually won the NWA national tag team championship four times. They'd moved on to AWA and they did some stuff with all all Japan pro wrestling as well. They won tag team titles all over the world. Uh now this is the run that they sort of became famous to me as. This is their Jim Crop Jim Crockett Promotions runs. This has been like 86 to 90. They sort of, uh, they sort of kind of split time back and forth between AWA and NWA during this time. But eventually, they, they they signed a huge deal for NWA. They won the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament, which was a huge tournament back in the day as far as yeah. wrestling went. They feuded with the Horsemen. The Russian team, you know, Nikita Koloff, Ida, Ivan Koloff. Uh, fun fact, Barry Dorso was actually a member of that team. He was actually trained with them back in the day. And they actually were in, the, in uh, War Games matches, two in scaffold matches, in this uh, Chicago street fight. So those are some of the real matches they were really, really famous for. I still, uh, the scaffold match was always something I always call for more for. Always thought they needed more scaffold matches in wrestling. Really, the only time I saw them after uh, the NWA run in the mid '80s was I think they had a couple of them in like uh, ECW. They weren't quite the same sort of match though. I'm surprised they don't. On one hand, I'm kind of surprised they don't bring them back more, but on the other hand, I'm not because it's still pretty dangerous. To be falling on stuff. Uh, wrestlers these days do do take crazy bumps. But still, just falling off falling off a scaffold into a ring, probably not the safest idea. So I kind of – while I kind of miss them, I kind of also get the idea why they don't really do it anymore. They're, they're probably, they probably they could pull off if they made a little more adjustments to the ring. There's also – I guess maybe they could put some pads underneath the ring or something, but not make it look so obvious that they did it. But, you know, that's superior the there. That is something that's really – if, if you want to go back and look up the Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express – uh, road Warriors. Those were sort of rotated in back once all the messages back in the mid 80s. Anyway, uh, they later feuded with like the Powers of Pain, uh, the Barbarian Warlord. There were a few teams that actually sort of uh, looked similar, had similar bills. Kind of a ripoff, though. <laughs> Eventually, they did go to WWE from 1990 to 1992. Uh, Demolition was another sort of Road Warrior clone. Like, I know some people have criticized them for being called a clone or for being a rip-off, but basically just, uh, the difference between the Road Warriors and Demolition was this. The Road Warriors were big, strong, muscular dudes who were spike stuff. Demolition was sort of, you know, strong guys, but a little bit more, you know, flabbier, a little bit. They also concluded, they also consisted of one of their old training partners, Barry Darso, which made it more obvious that it was a ripoff. But, uh, unfortunately, at this time, the original Demolition magic was sort of gone. Uh, Demolition X was replaced by Crush a lot of the time due to the fact that uh, Axe was failing in health. Uh, This this was one of the sort of dream matches that took place, but it was a little bit too late for it to really truly be a dream match. Although, sadly, I guess, or greatly, I guess, depending on how you look at it, Demolition still wrestles last I checked. 30 years past their prime. Anyway, uh, they did eventually win the WWE Tag Team Championships. They held it for eight months. They lost the titles. They eventually did leave. They came back with Paul Ellering at their side. And this is what I mentioned earlier. For some stupid reason, they gave him a wooden ventriloquist dummy named Rocco. Uh, They both thought it was stupid. (laughs) <laughs> it 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 they had hawk to walking out uh which left uh Animal on his own for the first time in like 9 years he finished his contract as a singles wrestler and teamed up with like Crush and uh they actually had a handicap match uh against the Beverly brothers he hurt his back trying to do a double suplex and had to take a break take some time off so uh Basically, he had a victory over Papa Shango, and his back was to her after that. So, He did make a couple more, uh, more runs back in 93 and 96 with uh, WCW. Uh, he didn't really wrestle in 93. Uh, he kind of took some time off after that run, though. He did have an insurance policy with Lloyds of London, so he took a break. In the 95, he finally was ready to come back to act competition, so they they reunited the team. He came back to World Championship Wrestling. They did that thing for a while. They feuded against the Steiner Brothers, the Harlem Heat, a few other teams. Uh, the Steiners did get the better of the feud, and this was sort of one of those things. Let's see who the greatest team of all time. Steiner Brothers got the feud, so they, the Warriors did eventually leave in 96 after that run. They came back to WWF for a while. They were part of the uh, Stone Cold, uh, Steve Austin, Foundation Feud. They sided with Austin against the Hearts. Later, they faced uh, the New Age Outlaws. Then they came back, the Legion of Doom 2000 with Sonny. (laughs) Sonny left shortly. Paul Everly returned, but he sided with DOA. Uh, who was the Ele- Legion of Doom were feuding with at the time and of course I'll sort of just fast forward to sort of this later stuff other than just they did have the uh, uh, they did have the animal come back in 2001 and use a force with what's stable known as the the Seven. the whole goal was to protect WCW champion Scott Steiner they split up almost right before Vince purchased WCW he did make he did make some other uh, various feuds. Uh two thousand three they took on Kane and Rob Van Dam for the Tag Team Championship, as the world is uh Legion of Doom. It appeared uh two thousand two, two thousand three, two thousand seven, two thousand sixteen. Uh well I shouldn't say they he did. Uh obviously the earlier runs were with Hawk. Uh obviously the twenty sixteen run was not with Hawk. Uh, Hawk had passed away at that point. But overall, uh, he's he had a great career. He definitely one of the, one of the legendary uh in all the business. He was one of the legendary straw men as well. Uh enough he was he was an investor in the Van zubus so you can either thank him or <laughs> be mad at him for that but he did pass away on um, 22nd natural causes. He was 60 years old. Uh, like I said, he provided me with a lot of great moments. He's one of, he, Him and along with Hulk, uh, I'd say, are one of the reasons I really enjoy tag team wrestling. One of the reasons I really enjoy NWA back in the day. Uh, back in the mid-80s, if you were like a fan just starting to watch, WWF was more of a cartoon sort of thing, like and NWA is a lot more hardcore, a lot more brutal. I like both styles. I like the presentation of the way that WWF popped on screen. They had better graphics. They had sort of a better uh, presentation in that way. Uh, it was less gritty and less grimy as far as presentation. But NWA, I felt, always felt like it had better action. They were they were more of a hard, they weren't like ECW hardcore style, but it, it, it felt more like a real fight for the most part. You felt like the guys really hate each other in the true sense, and not in the, over the top. You know, I'm gonna snipe Lee with Slash, You know, twirl my mustache for sort the of way that WWE felt sometimes. Even though I did still enjoy it as a child, but anyway, Main Animal, rest in peace. Like I said, he, he had a great career, uh, and it he was he was just like a he was a Fun person to watch, particularly with the Road Warrior team. So may he rest in peace. And um, my thoughts go out to his family as well. Uh, animal, rest in peace. We're going to come back and talk, hopefully, some happier things. We're going to talk about class of champions. I'm going to give my review of that. We're also going to do some NXT takeover predictions. You're listening to Wrestle with Problems, and we'll be back in just a bit.
3: Hey, this is a Total Package Lex Lugo, you're listening to the VOC Nation. You don't miss out.
0: Check out. In the room. Every Tuesday night at 9, listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Brady Hicks, former WCW star, Stroh Maestro, Cassie Fist, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests, like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then, pregnant. nothing to get pregnant either.
4: New episodes air on VOC Nation, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Courtney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calchico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Dirty Podcast on VOC Nation.
5: Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career. Of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation
3: Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Steig of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs. Yeah, you're getting nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.
2: And we're back on wrestling with problems. I'm your host King David Lane. This King David Lane. on just about every social media platform. So give me a life on per request and I will probably give you a return. We're going to talk about a split wrestling. Uh, earlier we did, uh, do a little bit of a review of Road Warrior animals career since he unfortunately passed away, uh, last week. Uh, now let's talk about something a little bit happier. Uh, the classic champions, uh, 2020 pay-per-view actually turned out to be a pretty decent card. Uh, I didn't have a lot of expectations uh, for this, and this could, like I said, there was parts I was looking forward to, and there was parts that I was kind of, you know, wondering how it was going to work out. So let me just give a brief rundown of the matches on the card, then I'll go into a little bit more detail on some of the matches. On the kickoff show, you had Cesaro and Nakamura versus Lucha House Party. Uh, not really feeling Cesaro and Nakamura as a team, even though know, I do like both guys individually. Uh, but they retained the SmackDown Tag Team Champ titles. Match was okay, not great. Uh Sammy Zayn defeated Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles to win an intercontinental title. Now I know there's a certain style of booking that says, you know, you can't you don't want to have a match that's too good early. Uh you don't want matches that quote steal the show. This is exactly why I disagree with that sort of booking. I want every match on the card to be as good as possible. If a match, quote, steals the show, that's on the main event not to have the show stolen for them. So if you can't perform up to the level of the people who perform before you, that's on you, not them, to sandbag. Obviously, you expect Jeff Hardy AJ Styles to be great in a high-flying high match. Every now and again, you like to see something a little bit different particularly as far as the booking of the end of a match. Sami Zayn's heel move in this match, pulling out handcuffs, handcuffing AJ Styles, uh, attempting to handcuff AJ Styles to the letter, not being successful. AJ countering and and then eventually resulting in Sami (coughs) Zayn handcuffing himself to AJ Styles was brilliant booking. Sammy Zayn handcuffing Jeff Hardy to the letter through his uh, ear gauge. Incredible. Uh, I I never even thought about it till now, but it's like I've never seen handcuffs use a letter mesh. This is brilliant. And it just continued on throughout as they continued to sort of work it and they sort of worked it different ways. You had Jeff Hardy trying to figure out a way to climb a letter or, you know, get up a letter with a letter hand, handcuffed to his ear. Not really being able to figure out how to do it. But using the letter that was handcuffed to his ear as a weapon to attack AJ, also brilliant. You had AJ Styles trying to figure out uh with uh Sammy Zan handcuffed to him how he's gonna climb the letter. Can he just fireman carry him up the letter? Eventually, Sammy Zayn, you know, using the key that he had to disconnect himself and then uh, reconnect uh, AJ Styles a letter that was also brilliant. Or I ex- actually, I take that back. I think I don't think it was a letter. I think it was a. I think he did it to the ring rather,
0: or not not to the letter. But anyway,
2: basically restraining AJ Styles uh, with the handcuff key that was brilliant as well. And then just seeing him go up and pull the uh, the both the belts down. And then after the match, the fact that he was like, uh, I did not reclaim titles. I never lost them. I retained the titles. That was a nice little edit dig that worked really really well for his, his heel character. I w- I've not been a huge fan of the Sami Zayn heel character as it was before, you know, he, he took his hiatus due to the COVID stuff. But this really did a real good job of sort of rebuilding that character and making me think, okay, I like this character now. Because I like Sami Zayn, but I did, didn't really care for this little thing he was pulling at the moment. But this like sort of totally blows that out of the water and is like sort of put it in a different light for me. Uh later you had Oscar defeat Zelina Vega to retain the Royal Women's Championship. Solid match. You're not gonna see any bad work by Oscar. Uh Linda Vega was solid for particularly somebody who hadn't really been doing much ring work lately. Oscar definitely did a great job with this match. Uh, we had uh Bobby Lash defeat Apollo Cruz And this is the sort of thing that I was like initially sort of going to complain about, but then I thought about like this is actually something that I did like that they did because I was was thinking, why is actually Cruz still feuding with these guys? But like he's feuding with these guys. It's not that I because like I said, if if I would have saw Apollo Cruz versus MVP for like the hundredth time, I would have been pissed off. But him facing Bobby Lashley, even though he he did he 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 has fought him several times as well. I think this this might have been the second or third time, but. Something they used to do in the 80s that was real smart is when you had stables, they would create different spin-off angles. Like, if you were feuding with Ric Flair, like if you are Dusty Rhodes and you're feuding with Ric Flair in the mid-80s, you feud, you'd feud with Ric Flair first. And then, since, you know, you feud with Ric Flair and they had his back, next thing you know, you'd be fighting, uh, you'd have Dusty Rhodes after they do some kind of beatdown. You'd have Dusty Rhodes feuding with the Andersons, Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Uh, so he'd drag in Magnum T.A. So then uh, Magnum T.A. would get beat down by Tully Blanchard and then he's having a solo match with, with Tully Blanchard and so on and so on. So this is sort of a throwback to that where you might be feuding with one member of a group, and then next thing you know, you might be teaming with with that member of the group or get against, that, against that group. You drag new people into the feud, you feud different members of the group, and it works out very, very well as far as continuing the story that if it would have just been like the same guys feuding over and over again, it would got stale. But you just tweak the angle just a little bit, create the story a little bit, and it sort of keeps it going without having to build up a whole bunch of new, fresh backstory. So I like what they've done with this with the Hurt Business and Apollo Cruz, and like I said, it, it they already had the sort of thing where he sort of ended up taking Cedric Alexander away from Apollo Cruz and sort of bouncing to the side. So the story is, you know, grand tentacles that way. So overall, uh, they did a good job with this. The match was solid. Bobby Jess Bobby Jesley did end up eventually putting a pretty good beat down on Apollo Cruz though. Uh, you had Street Profits defeat Andrade and Angel Garza to retain the Royal Championship. Uh, Angel Garza did allegedly suffer a, a hip or some other leg injury in this match. Uh, <coughs> funny opening to the match, you had the uh, the rain of cups, red, rain of red solo cups fall down, which was pretty funny. I think this match, uh, they did let D'Angelo uh, get a little bit more shine in this match than he usually does. It's usually, uh, Montez is the one that usually gets more of a star turn as far as the actual wrestling, but D'Angelo did get a little bit more shine in this match, so hats off to him. D'Angelo does remind me a lot of, I think everybody, it, I don't know if it's like in every community, but definitely within the black community, it's like every situation where you have a decent amount of black people, where you have a D'Angelo's, a sort of. Somewhat charismatic black guy who's a little bit heavy, not really fat, but a little bit heavy. He's just sort of funny but inter- interesting, entertaining guy. And, you know, and then every now and again he might surprise you with his athleticism. He, like I said, I think every, uh, at least with every black friend group or you know workplace, you might have a guy like that. I think I'm thinking more along the lines of workplaces or schools, but uh, I don't know if that exists for the white community as well. So, if, white community, you could feel free to uh, clue me in if, if that's a thing. <laughs> Hit me up at King David Lane on Twitter, <laughs> or you know you can also tag at D O C Nation on Twitter. Anyway, uh, there were some parts to the show that I was confused about. I was wondering why uh, Bailey's match didn't happen. I forgot that they had the sort of COVID situation outbreaks, so and Nikki Cross was, I think, was potentially exposed. Turns out that probably also derailed the women's tag team match because. Uh, it's believed that Nia Jax or, and or uh, Shayna Baszler had been exposed although we don't think that they have it they might have been exposed to it and obviously you generally want to have a two week quarantine after the fact so but it was it was confusing why she didn't have a match and Oscar came in they had a you know I guess a little bit of a fun short match but eventually Oscar uh, won when Bailey decided to cheat to retain the title she initially it laid out open challenge, nobody came out at first and then I said eventually they come out. Eventually after that happened though, Shasha Bass came out and then uh racked her with a chair. So at least even though you didn't have the matches you expected, you did have some entertaining things happen. Uh it was a nice little uh chance for Shasha Base to get some revenge, so that worked, that worked out pretty well. Next we have the Drew McIntyre uh defeat Randy Orton to retain the WWE championship match. Uh, it was Ambulance match. Obviously nice strong match as far as particularly with it being an Ambulance match, you do some truck brutal stuff. Uh one of the parts I like the best about this match is by the time uh, I think but but by, by the time you like say so you had Shawn Michaels come in, deliver some stream music, you had uh the big show, you drop uh Randy on the table, you had uh Christian come in. I think it was when Christian came in I was thinking, what are they just doing? A uh, uh, Randy Orton, this is your life of all the, quote, legends he's beat up. And, and right after that, I thought that Corey Graves said it out loud. I was like, that is, that is hilarious. I don't think I've ever had a wrestler announcer literally say what I'm thinking in my head right after I found it. But I thought that was great. Overall, this was a very, very good match. This was a very, very enjoyable match. And on top of it... Uh, when you have like, quote, I guess what you call co-main events, when you have two world title matches at the end, usually you are very likely to be disappointed by one. As far as an actual wrestling match and a fight, this was the better match of the two. So as far as if you're if you're if you're a purist wrestling fan, you might have wanted this match to be last, because this was a much superior wrestling match uh, than the universal title match was. But what I'm going to flip the script on is Roman Reigns defeating Jey Uso to retain the Universal championship. This was much better storytelling. This is one of the best jobs WWE has done in telling this story in quite some time. They had a nice sort of build-up to it as far as Jey Uso wanting to eat, wanting to be be a leader, wanting to be at the head of the table. They did a good job in the build-up to that as far as telling that story. They did a good job the build up Roman Reigns saying, no, you're always going to be the sort of little cousin, little brother to the group. I'm the big dog. You're sort of looking up to me. So they did a good job with the build up to that. But they did a great job going over the top telling the story in this match. One of the good things about having the Thunderdome situation is and the crowd noise situation being sort of demurred a little bit is the fact you can hear everything – that happens in a match as far as referee talk and the wrestlers talking to each other. And in most situations, I don't think they take full advantage of that. And maybe they don't do it for good reason, you know, particularly with undercard stories. You're not necessarily developing stories as much. But with this being uh, the main event, they did a good job of actually having dialogue during a match and telling that story, which is something you normally don't get in a wrestling match. Every now and again, you might get it when they, they do some sort of street fight or something like that. But in the ring wrestling match, you hear very little of the conversation between guys. You might get comments here and there, but you never get a full you know, dialogue story. And you got a full dialogue story within the match here. You had the referee involved. You had Roman talk to the ref. You had the ref... Talking, you know, try to put him in place, trying to keep in control. You had uh, Jimmy come out, and say, "I'm going to throw this in. You can't, you can't do this. You don't need to take this beating." You had Jay not giving up. You had so many different storylines. You had Roman Reigns saying, "No, you're going. to Basically, you're going to bat on him and you're going to tell me I'm the man. You're going to tell me I'm the, I'm the, I'm the head of the tribe. You're going to tell me I'm the chief." Jay "I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it." He just dragged it out for a long time, but not in a bad way. He did it in the best possible way. And like I said, I did see some um, online chat about this, like like Bleacher Report talking about how this is truly Roman Reigns' sort of star-making thing. And I think that's definitely the case for it. That is definitely the case for this particular
6: story. Uh,
2: Roman Reigns going hill was something a lot of fans had wanted before. Along the lines of John Cena, something fans wanted before but didn't happen, so that it happened and is being executed so well it makes makes you makes a lot of the fans wonder what took you so long, why you didn't do this earlier. I don't know if you had done it at a different time, if it wasn't the COVID, if you didn't have this particular story to tell in this ring with this lack this lack of audience stories with this ability to hear what was going to in the ring. I don't know if it would have the same impact that it's having right now. So. Sometimes you get what you want when you want it. Sometimes you get what you want later. This is one of those times where maybe just getting what you want later might have been a better thing because the way the whole story played out. And the fact that, you know, it just happened that you lucked into sort of Paul Heyman not having Brock Lesnar with him. So you had to find something for him to do. That might have even made it even better as far as helping put – I don't know how directly hands-on Paul Heyman is with this storyline. But I, I, I would guess that he is very, very heavily involved. Roman Reigns was not considered a charismatic guy. He was not considered a good guy on a mic, even, you know, even when he, once he became a champion initially. So this is a huge turnaround as far as his character development and storytelling. I don't know if there would have been anybody else on the roster other than maybe Randy Orton that might have been able to tell a story this well as far as, you know, the way this was
3: executed.
2: Speaking of that, while I did bring up Randy Orton, Randy Orton did a good job of selling certain things as far as when they were trying to close the ambulance door in his match the smile, the look on his face helped tell the story and sell the story of the vicious ends that he's willing to go to so I did want to give him a little bit of prop I kind of glossed over that part of the match a little bit when I was telling that story but uh I did want to give him props for that. Anyway, uh, Roman Reigns did a great job telling this story. Uh, Jay Uso did a good job selling the sort of underdog role. Jimmy did a good job being the loyal brother that doesn't want to, but decided he had to. He had to save his brother, so he did a good job with that. I wonder where that leaves the two brothers when he told them not to go to Thailand, but he did it anyway. So that's a story that still can be t- potentially be told there. Uh overall, uh despite, you know, you had some few hiccups and some matches that weren't that were promised they weren't delivered. Uh this was a pretty good card. This was an enjoyable card. I like the fact that it was also three hours, not four hours. WWE has done a much better job with a two and a half to three hour pay per view than they've done with the four hour pay per this year. So i I think maybe they should probably stick with that. Or at least until you can get back into a you know a situation where you have full crowds and whatnot uh like I said, cause the time being I don't think my attention span can sort of take it that way but in any rate uh overall a very very enjoyable card in fact I was looking at what grade I was going to give it I decided I'm going to give this uh card overall I'm going to give it a B plus which is a much higher grade than I've given many recent uh WWE cards I found the undercard a little bit lacking but not terrible. That's the only reason it didn't grade higher. But the, the two main events were like top notch. The the main events both got it. I I would actually give the Avalanche match an A and I would give the the uh Universal Title story an A plus. Like I said, the Universal Title match wasn't a quote great match, but the story was incredible. The uh WWE title match and story were both very very good. Uh, in fact, they're both great. But like I said, this is really enjoyable, especially with this being quote one of the minor pay per views. This was quite quite amazing. If if I just wanted to judge on a minor pay per view, I'd I'd go ahead and give it an A for for what I call a minor pay per view. But overall, I give it a B plus. You know, keeping it in the proper perspective, it's very very enjoyable. If you do not have a chance to watch it, if you you don't always watch WWE pay per views. This was definitely be one to watch. If you wanna if you if if you wanna sort of a skip part of it, uh I already told you what parts you might want to focus on, so you can just go back and uh check it out. But definitely check out uh the Universal title match, the WB championship match. And uh definitely you you're definitely gonna wanna check those out. And also the uh Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles match. Those three matches, uh are definitely must watch if you're a wrestling fan. By the way, let us get on to our uh, we get we do have a another quote pay per view coming up. NXT Takeover 31 is 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 coming up very very soon. So uh oh, we got a call on the line. Let's see who the caller is. Caller, are you... caller, store.
6: Hello.
2: Yeah, call are you at the liquor store?
6: I am not.
2: Okay, if you still got the speaker up, turn the speaker down, whatever else. But uh, welcome to the show. This is uh good friend of the show and uh, third man in the booth. Usually, it's, he's second man right now. This is at Brockwood's on Twitter. Brian Hunter, how's it going?
6: It's going good, King. It's going great for all wrestling fans who actually are fans of the WWE. They're hitting on all cylinders.
2: More. I'm not gonna say all cylinders, but they 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 did a great job last night. Let's let's not say all cylinders just yet.
6: <laughs> well, actually, I was I, um, I I was referring to um them um with the storytelling of the two main events. Sorry, I didn't specify that.
2: I, I was gonna say, a little. in the words of the wolf and Pulp Fisher, let's not start no 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 just yet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, since, since you were not available during the first part of the show, by the way, the show we have about 20 minutes left because I had to reprogram the thing here. Uh, there were some technical difficulties, so we literally have a hard, roughly 20 minutes left to the show. Glad to report, Mr. show. So we're, we might have to rush through things a little bit towards the end. If, if we do get cut off at the very very end, that's why not because I'm trying to rush you off the air or anything. But we have a very very hard, roughly 20 minutes left to the show. But anyway. Uh, since you didn't get to comment earlier, you got any comments on Road Warrior Animal or his career before we move on?
6: I I just make this brief. Um he was um one of the um um early tag team wrestlers that I could recall watching when I started watching wrestling. Um, hearing that theme music of um Iron Man with um his um partner, um, Road Warrior Hulk who um had passed um um years earlier but um it was a sad day um that we all lost um a good wrestler um a man that did um good matches. I'm not gonna I, I'm I'm not gonna call him a great wrestler, but for what he was at the time, um, dude, dude was solid. The tag team was solid and um got rest. In peace. Absolutely.
2: In addition to that, uh, since I did finish up on the uh, classic champions cards, you did discuss it a little bit. But you had, did you have anything else on the card you wanted to comment on? Uh
6: no. Nah, we could just uh, move move forward.
2: Okay. Well, in that case, let's move forward. Uh, we got the NXT uh, Takeover Thirty uh, One's coming up. Uh we got we only got four matches uh listed on the card right now, so actually this will make things much much easier. <laughs> uh but for the time being they have the format. I'm sure they'll add a little bit more uh once uh Wednesday show hit. But uh let's go ahead and go with uh we got a singles match, we got Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. Who you got?
6: Uh I got Velveteen Dream.
2: I'm going to concur with you on that. Kushida's, you know, talented, but they haven't really pushed him all pushed that much. dream dreams been getting a big push. Although I think his uh, little <coughs> issue there sort of derailed it a little bit, but they have put him back on TV and they have put him back in prominent roles. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the dream.
6: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Next we got a singles match for the, uh, NXT North American Championship. We got Damian Priest, champion versus Johnny Gargano. Who you got?
6: I think I gonna go with Priest. Um, I think they want to um, see how how he could do uh, um, in some tower defenses before they actually put him to the main roster.
2: I'm going to go ahead and uh, say Damian uh, Priest. It really doesn't make sense to get Johnny Gargano another title run right now. So it seems like that'd be kind of silly. <laughs> but at any rate, who knows? It's, it's WWE, although even though it is NXT, but I think Damian Priest makes sense to continue to retain title is for a little while. Like I said, you want, it doesn't make sense to keep recycling that title amongst people who've had it already. You want to sort of help build some new talent into, into stardom. So, Hopefully, the next guy, when he eventually does lose the title, loses it to somebody else who's sort of on the way up, not somebody who's sort of been around for a while. Uh, Next, we got a singles match for NXT Women's Championship. We got Io Shirai, the champion, versus Candice LeRae. Okay, before before I make my prediction, I'm going to say, I kind of had forgot Io Shirai had the title. (laughs) Her title reign has been a little bit... Not descript compared to some of the uh title reigns like uh, Asuka, like, uh, you know, uh, Rhea Ripley, you know, Shannon Baszler. Her title reign is not, and it's not that she's not talented. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying she's not talented. I'm just saying her, her title reign has been a little bit non compared to some of you know, the other title reigns. Anyway, uh, we got Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. Who you got? Hey right. Brian, who you got? Yeah, you got? Or if,
6: Candace, you, Sharaya, um, Candace No, um, actually, I will go with Candace, um, Larray, just because she's been around long enough, and I think her new character switch, um, I, I, I think she fully got um, to the point where she uh, earned her um, title.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with you for this, this, basically the same reason. They, di- they did sort of, you know, they they gave her some personality, they gave her better character. She's been around for a while. Ears of eyes not really doing much with the build as, as far as, you know, storyline. I don't think as far as moving a needle, I don't think. Candice is they put a lot of investment into her character and giving her a lot of screen time. So I think it makes purposes that she would take the title now at this point. So I'm agree. We're going to agree. We're going to both have to agree with that. Uh, next we got a singles match for the NXT championship. We got Finn Balor, the champion versus Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, who you got?
6: Finn
2: Balor. Yeah, I, I got to concur. I don't, it doesn't make, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for you to give Finn Balor the belt and then just take it right back off him immediately. That's kind of stupid. <laughs> Although it's kind of weird, it, it doesn't seem like they're using Finn Balor a lot. It's like he comes, like he he keeps coming back from injury. Then you barely see him for a while. <laughs> then they sort of act like they're gonna build him up and they, they they hype him for like a second, but then it sort of stops. So I don't fully understand what they're doing with, with this character. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But uh... anyway, I do have to concur. I don't think they're gonna take the belt from just yet. And actually, like I said, I was kinda, you know, trying to rush to get back to this so we could get this in, but there wasn't really that much <laughs> to talk about here. Like I said, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're gonna probably build up maybe an, at least one more match, possibly two, on uh the Wednesday night edition of the show. But uh those are the four matches they got, you know going so far. So uh before we wow. get out of here for the end of the show, I'm gonna take a quick look at my notes and make sure I discussed everything. But uh, yeah, if you got anything you want to talk about right now, Brian, the floor is yours. You can just go ahead.
6: Okay. Well, okay. Fir- okay first of all, um, I want to go with the, um, okay. With um, a couple other other um, promotions. One, um, as most fans know that due to the pandemic, you had um, um, other uh, wrestling promotions that just shut down. But um, thanks um, to um, um, the World Health Organization and many countries, um, um, CDC um, organizations that um, wrestling has um, opened up um, again, not fully, but um, other uh, smaller companies have opened up like um, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and um, a couple others. And one that I would like to bring up is Ring of Honor, the Pure Championship Tournament, which if you're um, a a wrestling purist like um, we are, please watch the Ring of Honor um, Pure Tournament. Also, you may want to check out um, NXT UK. um, For my opinion, it's a different brand of wrestling. But yeah, it's still WWE of sort, and they have some good talent over there. Myself, um, I, um, I I will put them I'll put them um, on um, at least um, better than a lot of um, the talent that's in um, Impact. I, um, I wouldn't put them that much further than Impact, but they got some um, good challenges because you got Pete Dunn, you got um, Imperium, you got Gallus, um, and you actually have um, some women over there that could um, actually wrestle. So now I won't put the women better than um, the women of Impact because it, it, it's kind of hard to put um, that roster of um, the um, that, that roster of women that's better than anybody else. But WWE does match Pretty well with um, Impact, but Impact's
2: this way deeper Way deeper Okay, Re- definitely raised some excellent Points, and like I said, definitely check out Wrestling in different varieties, don't just Limit yourself to the WWE product Just like, you know, on SmackDown NXT, Ring of Honor You know, like I said, uh, like you said NXT UK, MLW Wants to get restarted uh, as well as some I, of the other I'm, companies. I'm, waiting, yeah. I'm definitely
6: waiting on MLW. And,
2: and like I said, they, um, if, if they, um, they do, they do. They have, um, have been putting up MLW underground.
6: Yeah, um, yeah MLW Underground, ICW, uh, PCW, um, Group um let, let me see, uh group pro wrestling.
2: Yep, definitely if you have a ch- opportunity to check him out, please do check him out. So uh but anyway, before we got out of here, I did I did have one last thing that my, from my notes that I did want to discuss. Uh this is like this is not directly wrestling, it's wrestling adjacent. It does involve John Cena though. Uh HBO Max has ordered a John Cena led Sewerscott screen off spin off series about the peacemaker. Uh I wanna thank uh F 4 f4wonline.com for this news uh even before and like I said these words are taken directly from the story so I'm basically quoting the story here for this uh segment so you know if you want to read the whole article definitely swing by the website and check it out but uh even before he debuts in a new suicide Squad movie next year, John Cena has a deal in place to play his character in a TV series or the HBO Max. Deadline reported Wednesday that the DC Universe show will be named after Cena's character, The Peacemaker. A show will be written and mainly directed by James Gunn, who is handling the same duties in the movie. Gunn also wrote and directed the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies for Marvel, which starred former W star Dave Bautista. Scheduled to begin production early next year, the first season will be eight episodes and will be explore the origins of the Peacemaker character. Cena is also a co-executive producer of the series. The new Sewer Squad movie, will, uh, which stars Margot Robbie and Edith Elba, is set for release early August. And by the way, he's definitely having a busy 2020 because he's also going to appear in the Ninth Fast and the Furious movie, which is in post-production. A reboot of the Wipeout Game Show for CBS. Uh, his last WWE appearance was a cinematic Firefly Funhouse match against uh, Bray Wyatt, April WrestleMania thirty six. So, uh, John Cena's definitely doing well for himself outside of the uh, WWE uh, direct universe. Uh, I guess a lot of guys want to now try to be the next, quote, rock as far as if they're wrestlers. I saw some things saying uh, Roman Reigns could potentially uh, be that, too. Uh, particularly if he had, if he had done what he's doing now, like five years ago, he'd be on the same path as the Rock. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far, but I definitely like if he continues telling stories in this way, I definitely could see a future for him in movies too. I think that's the way. I think we're gonna see a lot more guys sort of take that path if they can, because now that the Rock has sort of opened up the day, door for, you know, wrestlers are being taken more serious as actors. I think it started with like rappers and singers. Uh, the rock was the one that sort of opened the door for, for people who weren't necessarily traditional actors as far as, you know, being a huge, you know, major star, like rappers were getting roles and stuff, but none of them sort of took the next step other than uh, Will Smith, obviously. Uh, but you had a lot of, you, you had a lot of uh, rappers being sort of character roles and whatnot. So uh, you did have a lot of wrestlers doing that, but then when the rock, Took over as a major status That's opened doors for some of these other guys like Dave Batista and, and, and some of the other people. Hulk Hogan tried to be the guy that did that. It did not work out well for him. He made some terrible movies. Let's just be honest.
6: Terrible. It was Maybe terrible. I'll- it's bad. It's it's, it's bad when uh, you look at um uh, the character known as Hollywood Hogan. And you look at uh what the Miz had did and his was uh, straight to um, DVD and the Miz movies were best.
2: I can't argue bad. that I can't argue that, although there is different technologies and stuff being used, so there is a little bit of advancement, so I can't make it a direct Apple apples comparison due to that reason, but yes, I have to agree. Although, if you look at like the uh, sort of Cena's early movies, the Marine was like Hulk Hogan movie bad. Like I said, I'm talking about the original Marine was. I think the other ones have been a little bit with, better. The original with, Marine. With Cena, was,
6: actually, Cena. the the Marine were, were, was uh, okay, wasn't unbearable. It was bad.
2: It was, it was as bad as like, Suburban Commando or something, some one of those movies. It was pretty bad.
6: No, but not, just, no but it, nothing it, could be could be that bad.
2: But it, but but it wasn't it wasn't Cena that made me not want to watch the movie though. It, it was just a bad movie. He's done a good job in some of his other acting roles, so it's not like he was there, he ruined it. And honestly, even in Hogan's movies, it wasn't that his acting was so terrible with it was just the movies were bad. I don't think anybody could have seen those movies. It was just bad. But anyway, I think that covers this week, uh, is there anything you to say before, Will?
6: Uh, yeah, um, uh, okay, and we was, um, referencing about supporting, um, other, um, as, as, um, we like to refer, um, um, other independent uh, wrestling um, organizations. Um, check out they um, they, they um, wrestling catalog. Check out the um, library, uh, um, especially so- some of the um, stuff over um, in um, British wrestling. Um, like uh, two of my favorites is Progress Wrestling and uh, ICW. I think if you um, take a look at um, them and uh, WXW, you will be surprised. And also, check out Evolve. And um, if you check out some of the um, history, you will find some very good matches with some people that you are pretty familiar with right about now. And some are up and coming.
2: Absolutely, and that is all available on WWE Network right now. They are constantly adding uh, new content from those organizations. So you've been listening to Wrestling Problems. Like I said, we hope Chris Bess is doing well, but there are rumors that and he was murdered and then
1: set on fire while celebrating his birthday.
2: But hopefully, he'll be back okay. next week. But anyway, you've been listening to Wrestling Problems. We'll be back next week, one way or the other.
3: This is the slip to the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation.
0: Check out In the Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star, Stroh Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there, too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests, like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then, I uh, uh, nothing
3: to get pregnant either
2: Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler promoter Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VOCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation
3: radio network. Yo, this is Jerry Stagg with the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian, no, i yeah, you get ready get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. Because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I
1: came looking for booty. I like you, and I want you. Now, we can do this the easy way, or we can do it the hard way.
4: The charge is yours. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way.